Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. I don't know about you, but living from a heart of rest sounds absolutely glorious and entirely impossible for me most of the time. (laughs) As someone who is a go-getter and has big dreams and lots that I want to achieve and do and figure out in my life, it can be so easy to lose sight of what matters most. And that's really a huge reason why this show even exists. As I have walked through challenging seasons, my priorities have had to be realigned. It's knocked me down. It's made me rethink and reflect and really look at what matters and how can I still pursue the things I'm really feeling called to do and and not necessarily completely give up a career or anything like that, but begin to press into what matters most. What does that mean from a place of how I work, the place that I work out of, how I steward what I'm doing well, not only in terms of career, but also in terms of my personal life, in my home and in my finances and my relationships. And um, what shifts and adjustments need to be made in different seasons to best accommodate that stewardship and to be the best steward that I can be. And so that's obviously a huge reason why we have dug into a lot of conversation on this on this show. But today I am talking with a friend of mine, Christy Knuckles. Christy's awesome. She's just so wise. We had such a great conversation. She really walks us through her own journey. She you know, has really learned what it looks like to have to slow down in busy seasons, to have to work and live from a heart of rest and um, has made some big decisions in her life, taken even time off of her career for years at a time and received pushback for doing that, not always felt super supported in doing that. And it can be so hard, I know, for so many of us to say no or to slow down or to do less because either we feel like we have something to prove or because we're afraid that we may not be supported in that decision or we straight up just are not supported in that decision by colleagues or people in our life. And that can be a really tough thing. So all of that said, Christy offers a lot of wisdom in this episode. She opens up about her own journey and a lot of really key lessons that she's learned, some deep wisdom. Like you will walk away from this feeling so uplifted, so empowered, and really equipped, I think, to actually take the steps you may need to be taking or that you've maybe put off taking when it comes to maybe reordering your priorities or slowing down or simplifying a little bit in one area of your life or another, especially when it comes to work, work can really begin to consume us in certain seasons or whatever your work looks like. And so with that in mind, I won't make you wait any longer. Here is a refreshing, encouraging, and empowering conversation with Christy Knuckles all about how to slow down in a busy season and realign your priorities on what matters most. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Christy, welcome to She. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm snuggled up in my parents' attic, currently coming to you live from there because we are waiting to move into our new house. And I have my tea and I'm in my sweatpants and life is good. (laughs) How are you doing? That sounds magical. (laughs) I'm actually snuggled up in my car in front of my dad's church because I'm looking at an AT&T tower and hoping it gives me a great signal for our conversation. <laughs> well, you sound great. So we're, everything is good. Thank you to that AT&T Tower. This is perfect. I yes. love that we get to do this, that we get to sit in our cars and in our parents' attics and in the most random of locations, get to have a conversation, share it with the world, and hopefully add a lot of value to people's lives. It's my favorite thing about podcasting. So anyways, yes. we are excited to get to hear from you today. I know you have a lot to share, but maybe the best place to start would be just a little bit of your background. Can you share a little bit of of your story and what led you to take a step back from your career for a season? Because I feel this and I want to dig into it. (laughs) 
Well, I'm originally from Oklahoma. I was actually raised in church my whole life. I was raised in a ministry family as my dad has been a pastor my whole life. And then I met my husband, Nathan, when I was about 19. And we really actually hit the ground running in terms of making music together. We've been doing that for the last 25 years that we've been married, full-time ministry, but also it became our full-time career. Um, Nathan and I were a part of the very first Passion Conference. There might be a lot of listeners who have gone to one of those. It started in 1997. It's been a collegiate movement that started out of Austin, Texas. It started really small, but it grew into this movement where Nathan and I traveled with them worldwide, leading in these, you know, arena types, sometimes with audiences of, you know, 50 or 60,000 collegiate Mm -hmm. students. And alongside that, we like to say that kind of was one train that was going down the track. And then Nathan and I also started a Christian music group. It was really just the two of us. We don't like to say Christian music duo because that sounds so cheesy, but (laughs) uh, we were called Watermark back in the day. Mm -hmm. And had a lot of radio and touring success early on. We were part of a label that Michael W. Smith started called Rockettown Records. And that was back in, oh gosh, I think we signed in like 99 or 98 with Rockettown and started touring. And so by the time Nathan and I started a family, we were busy and kind of going strong. And I will say that probably motherhood is what took me over the edge in terms of you know, just realizing that I couldn't do it all. I think I fully expected to be able to just keep going without missing a beat. But, you know, so much of mothering happens in the secret and in the quiet places when no one's looking and no one's applauding. Um, I think I thought maybe I could just sort of, you know, strap the baby on on the little baby wrap and like keep going. And we did that for a while. It's easy to do when they're little. You can like definitely have them in tow and A lot of, you know, our kids learned to walk on buses, on, you know, going on tours. And so we were busy. But I think if there's anything, you know, that God used as far as, like I said before, just sort of that season of me kind of hitting a wall, um, He used motherhood. He can use anything in our lives, and He's maybe not going to use that particular thing in all of our lives. But that was a season for me that. I knew I needed to find and uncover a sustainable pace for my life and for my family. I started to feel it in a huge way. Probably when my first child, he's 20 now, he just moved out uh, the week after Christmas, which is crazy that I'm even saying that out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, He, but when he was about five, uh, that was really, you know, it was time for him to kind of go to kindergarten. And we were feeling that just, you know, we were touring a ton, but it was like time for him to start school. So Mm -hmm. it was sort of this like dichotomy of, are we going to like be that family that, you know, settles down and goes to church and does Mm -hmm. school and all this? Are we going to stay, you know, focused and going on all these tours and stuff? So I really kind of had this choice in front of me and I was exhausted. So that was another huge problem was sort of this exhaustion because I was really, truly trying to do it all. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of is where I start in in the book that I have coming out. Um, I call it my farm table epiphany. That's sort of where I start is that God sort of revealed to me the pace that I was living in. And Mm -hmm. so if that gives you a little bit of background of kind of what we've been doing, I guess, for a lot of our lives, but also just kind of how I got to that place of knowing I needed to make a change to find a better balance. Absolutely. I resonate with this on so many levels, and it's something I've talked to this community quite a bit about. Um, You know, a lot of what we do at this show is really to support working women, whatever their work looks like, whether that's mothering full-time, working in an office, or building their own business, or becoming a music artist, to really steward their home and life well. And that was really born out of the year I recently lived of my journey mm-hmm. to motherhood not quite starting. You know, you and I briefly touched on this in our in our private conversation, but you know, um, just the beginning of motherhood starting so painfully, and it kind of laid me on my back and caused me to reevaluate what is actually important. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? How am I spending my time? And actually, like kind of what you just said, it started to shift my mind from where I very much thought like. 
all right, I'll just strap the baby on and keep going and do these book tours and, you know, it'll all just work out. And I think it started Mm -hmm. to hit me like that may not always be what my body can handle, what my family needs. And maybe that's okay if there's a shifting or a realignment of priorities in different seasons. Maybe it's actually really holy and needed and refining. And so if anything good has come out of a painful start to motherhood, I've already started to see that through that lens. And I know Mm. you had somewhat of a similar experience. I was going to ask you about that, just kind of jumping around a little bit, but just kind of in this vein of conversation, I know in your book, you personally experience your, share your own experience with miscarriage and you touched on that a little bit with me personally. And I would love to know, like, what did that look like for you? And how did that shift the way you see and experience work? Did it at all? Or was it only once you actually had, you know, a baby in your arms? Or was it kind of a combination of both of those? I'd love to know how that experience influenced your perspective on work and the trajectory you were taking your career. Yeah, that's such a good question, you know, because it was such like, it felt like I was cocooned almost in this season that you've probably felt in the last year of just, it felt like a departure in a lot of ways because I was trying to figure out what was going on Mm -hmm. in my body. I was trying to slow down and I was trying to be still, but it was like, wow, I also still felt like, you know, I had to hold a lot of things together Mm -hmm. as far as my career and what was unfolding and what I was building. And in the book, I talk about sort of there's three parts. It's the the calling of those who belong to God, which in the book I call us the beloved of God, mm. the community of the beloved. And then I talk about the capacity of the beloved, meaning mm. kind of what we're able to produce in this life. Yes. But I love to look at the capacity of the beloved also as You know, you can think of capacity in kind of two different ways, capacity in the terms of like what we can crank out and keep going and supply and create. But you can also think about capacity in terms of what we're able to hold and receive and contain. And so if anything, you know, if there's anything that my miscarriage season, I had two miscarriages in a row, just like you did. Um, I was about your same age when we started trying to have a family I was, like I said, still trying to hold all these things together. But if there's anything that that season taught me, it was about my capacity in terms of what God wanted me to receive in that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, as His beloved, whatever we receive, we end up pouring out on others, right? And hopefully that's the order. Mm -hmm. But I think at that time in my life, I was trying to pour out from a place of being exhausted and being mm-hmm. empty. And and so really during that experience in that time, it was like, oh, God was reordering sort of that sense mm-hmm. of capacity in me and what He wanted me to receive and almost learning to look at that season. And this is hard. It's a hard thing to say. And I feel like after all these years, I'm able to say it, but to look at it as an invitation sort of to go, okay, God, what Do you want me to receive for what you have in front of me Mm -hmm. in terms of work, in terms of what you have called me to even 25 years from now, which is what I'm living in now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'll never forget one morning we walked outside. It was right after the second miscarriage and I had had, you know, the DNC Mm -hmm. surgery and like was home recovering and a friend had put a basket of breakfast muffins like out on our porch Mm -hmm. and this like handwritten note And it had Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it's rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Mm -hmm. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm -hmm. And I remember clinging to those words, like literally I reread her handwritten note like so many times, like clinging to those words, like it was like a lifeline. Mm -hmm. Because I needed hope in that moment more than anything, you know? And I was like, okay, so you're saying that what I'm going through right now could produce hope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like, that was at least something I could hang on to. But then I even think about Ephesians 3, you know, how God talks about us being filled with all the fullness of God, which sounds like, wow, that is, you know, truly mysterious and incredible. Mm -hmm. But I love to think that it's true of us as the people of God and, like, That's what I love is like, even if you are in a season of suffering right now, and those of you who are listening might be walking through something unimaginable right now, but just to think of like, 
this moment, not as you being sidelined and you having to watch the rest of the world be on the field. Mm -hmm. Really, when I look back on it, I was more on the field in that moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, in that season of suffering um, than ever. It was like I was being filled with the fullness of God in those those times. And like looking back on it, one of the things if I had to pinpoint, I talk about it in the book, if I had to pinpoint one thing that I received in that painful season of suffering, it was compassion Mm -hmm. because it was the first time that I could identify with a group of people that had walked through something so specific and Mm -hmm. miscarriage is so specific. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a silent pain. And it's one of those things you just, you understand it so much more after you've been through it. And so I was able, you know, looking back to go, wow, what a gift, because if I consider myself in ministry, even as a vocation, compassion is like at the base level of what you need, you know, in order to move forward in, you know, me creating songs that would bring people to the heart of God and that would bring hope to their lives. It's like, compassion. It's like you have to be able to have compassion for people and where they are. And I think, wow, even in the season of suffering, we're able to receive so much. And I love the intentionality of God in that. And I love that capacity doesn't always have to look like us cranking out stuff. It can look at us like receiving and holding the things of God so that we can eventually like pour that out on others. Yeah. I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of it that way. But what you're saying resonates on such a deep level because of everything you just mentioned. I mean, it's so true. I think I've been learning to, sometimes capacity, I guess the way I would kind of translate what you're saying in a way that my brain hears it mm-hmm. is city is sometimes just creating space to receive, right? And so yeah. it, it is kind of a reorienting and a realignment of what belongs, what doesn't, what's aligned with what God's developing and calling me to in my life and everything you're saying about compassion too i I really relate to that because i don't know about you but i am uh, very much a creative brain i'm a go-getter type and i think this experience of mine that has kind of realigned priorities and made me stop in my tracks and slow down it's also been this really interesting and eye-opening experience to really seeing people in a different way looking Mm -hmm. at them through a lens of Understanding and compassion is definitely a word that I think Mm -hmm. before I was moving at 100 miles an hour, and it was sometimes hard for me to see people. It was sometimes hard for me to want to take the time to be available or set the computer down or do the things I needed to do to be present and available to do the holy, like, lasting work, which is usually relationship and connection beyond Mm -hmm. just whatever career I have. And then in addition to that, creating tools and resources, just like you said, with songs that are really from this heart of compassion and purpose and not just, oh, this will work, right? It's like, I really Mm -hmm. have felt convicted on that. Let's make sure I'm pursuing things that are going to last and that are really aligned with the heart of God rather than things that will just work. Because we can do things that will work all day long, right? Like, it's not that complicated. It's doing things that will work and doing things that will last that that often requires walking through a fire sometimes and a refining Mm. season, although that for all of us, that may look slightly different, although you and I share somewhat of a similar experience in that way. So anyways, I just, I'm thankful that you shared that and sharing that so openly and vulnerably. And I'm so glad you wrote about it because it's such a necessary Mm. conversation. And like you said, such a silent pain. So not to hover on that topic of conversation for too long, but it is when you walk through a refining fire, that's what happens is there's this refinement and this realignment, I think that happens inside of us. Coming back to a slightly lighter note, (laughs) you know, you talk about how you came to a place where you just felt like your professional schedule was suffocating your personal life and your family life. And I'm curious, Mm -hmm. once you realized that that was happening, what steps did you start to take to try to, you know, make room for what mattered most? Well, um, it's funny, you know, I talk about my older brother, Eric, a lot in my book because he was one of those people who went on this journey of rest sort of out in front of me. Mm -hmm. And we all need those people in our lives, you know? And so he helped me uncover a lot in that season. But one of the things he always says to me is that as people, as humanity, we have this tendency to choose management over mystery. Hmm. In other words, we'd rather spend time learning how to manage our lives rather than step into the mystery of God or the principles of his word. And because mystery is scary, Hmm. (laughs) let's face it, you know, but in turn, it's tough because management is exhausting, but 
as you know, God's economy, I love it. It's often a both and, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's beautiful that we can actually have manageable order when we start with mystery. It's like mm-hmm. I talk about a lot in the book. It's about getting the order right and that the it's sort of, you know, these principles in God's word I talk about a lot is in a nutshell, it's like they work, his way works. Mm-hmm. And so I say all of that to tell you that one of the first steps I took towards balance and towards what mattered most is that I had to take that first step into the mystery with God. And it was scary and I actually didn't really like it at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I talk about, I think I mentioned it before, maybe just this farm table epiphany that I had at my table in the kitchen. I ended up in Psalm 37 Basically, I mean, you probably know the scripture by heart, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He'll bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Basically, this just means that when we trust him, he will cause the unfolding of us to happen, Mm -hmm. even for all to see, like he says, like the noonday sun, Mm -hmm. if, if we'll trust him. And so... The first step really in that exhaustion was me stepping in that into that with the Lord. And it was really about surrender and trust. And if I had to boil down what rest really is, it's really it's about learning to trust God, like ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the hardest things, at least for me, to do. And I heard his voice that day, not like audibly, but almost louder than audibly, because it was just in my heart. And I felt him just saying, Christy, do you trust me? Like, do you really trust me with your life, with your career, with your family, basically with how you're unfolding? Like, do you trust me? Mm -hmm. And that question that day really revealed to me that I was ultimately Mm -hmm. trusting in me and my own abilities and my for the unfolding of me and for my career and my family. Mm -hmm. And even I was looking to others for Mm -hmm. opportunity and breakthrough almost like you said a while ago, it was like I was seeing others really only for that thing of like, what could you do for me? You know, because I was locked up in this place of kind of like that pace of just going like, it's up to me. I got to do this. Like I got to you know, manage all of this. And the Lord was going, what if you let me manage it? What if you turned over your, I call it my cause, you know, what if you gave your cause completely to me? What would it look like if I lifted it up for you? What would that free you to do, Christy? Like, Mm -hmm. if you really trusted me with everything, like, what would it free you to be about? It would free you to really pursue this life that you're really longing for, like, Mm -hmm. deep down. So the first Mm -hmm. place I stepped into was really was mystery. And I know that kind of sounds like that sounds like loose fitting, but it was like sure fitting for me. And then it was like this reordering of my life where singing for God or whatever else I was doing for him mm-hmm. would never be more important than sitting with him mm-hmm. and, and being with him. And the best soul care that I would mm-hmm. find moving forward was me trusting him and being seen and known by him in the secret mm-hmm. place far from the platform. Mm-hmm. And he and he took me away from the platform for a time. Like I literally laid my career down for at least it was a good solid three years that I was pretty much home and that might scare a lot of people going, okay, you're saying that (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's going to make me do this. You know, he may not ask you to do that, but for me, that was this place of stepping into the mystery with him and trusting him with everything I was trying to hold up. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because I've lived not to be like long story short, but I've lived enough life from that moment on. I mean, that was over 15 years ago. And what's so sweet is how, over and over, he's given it back, you know, mm-hmm. just a, like a hundredfold mm-hmm. in what we choose to surrender and trust to him. Like he's so faithful to give it back. So, yeah, it, the first step was that reordering of me just going, God, I ultimately place all my weight in my trust and my, mm-hmm. you know, my hope in you. I, and then I want to step into, you know, the things that you've planned for me. You know, mm-hmm. Ephesians 2 10 says that we're his workmanship and that he's created things for us to step into like in advance. Mm -hmm. And so I love to think that there's a reordering in us getting near him Mm -hmm. every day to go, 
okay, God, what are the things you've planned in advance for me? Mm-hmm. And stepping into those things, there's like this momentum mm-hmm. spiritually that we get to kind of get inside of, get in that flow, that pace that's mm-hmm. sustainable. You know, it's interesting that you say it planned in advance and you highlighted that that verse because I was just thinking about this last night. So I have to share it because it's so in alignment with what you just said. I've been thinking about how sometimes I think where I get so frustrated and I wonder if you've ever felt this in your life too, but the times I've gotten most frustrated, it's like when I feel like, God, this wasn't the plan. Like this wasn't how it was <laughs> supposed to happen, right? Totally. Um, and you're like, this happens to other people. Like every, I've checked every box. I've done everything right. Like in my mind, right? It's so yeah. easy to think like I waited to, you know, have a house and I got married and I did all these things that it's like this yeah. should all just happen in this order. And why is it happening for other people who are so different? Like I don't get it. And I think it struck me as I was frustrated and thinking about that, how true it is that exactly what is happening is what's always been what's supposed to happen. But I look mm-hmm. back at my childhood and I'm like, when I was 10, I never foresaw this for my life, right? Like, of course, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things where you have these expectations of the order in which things will go, perhaps because of the order went for your parents or that it went for mm-hmm. a friend or something else. And it's so easy to feel that almost disdain, you know, like a very like a frustration almost like this is mm-hmm. not the way the plan was going to go. And in reality, it's like that was actually how the plan was always going to go. I just didn't know. Yeah. It. And it's that re like recalibrating of your mind a little bit because we get so in our heads of like, no, 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 this this is a mistake. Right. And I've had to kind of mm-hmm. slowly lean into maybe it's not, even though it mm-hmm. seems to not make sense. So anyways, that was just something I yeah. when you brought up that verse, it reminded me of that. And I think what you're saying is so true and so mm. important and powerful the way you just even reordering, like not doing it for, but with and, and you know, mm-hmm. rethinking that whole concept that I think we've just gotten so used to hearing, you know. So anyways, mm. I love that so much. But mm. I'm curious about this. This is something that came up for me while you were talking and that I wanted to ask you. When you started saying no to certain things or shifting your priorities a little bit, did you ever experience pushback from others? I think this is something a lot of women, myself included, because sometimes struggle mm-hmm. with when it comes to setting those boundaries or saying no or doing less. We can feel like we're letting someone down or, you know, not being available mm-hmm. or not being generous or whatever the lie is in our head. And so I'm curious if you ever experienced pushback. And if so, what what is your advice to those who receive pushback when they work to set boundaries or, you know, realign their priorities? Yes, definitely. We've, you know, both Nathan and I felt a lot of pushback and it was particularly discouraging because we felt it even inside of a Christian industry, you know, Mm -hmm. where we felt like we should have felt yeses and like protection from people. Mm -hmm. We definitely still felt, and it was probably, you know, just out of their need to get things done. And for, you know, we had management team looking in on us. We had a booking agent. We had money management team and all these people kind of like speaking in and you can definitely start like looking at all these people sort of who are breathing, you feel like are breathing down your neck, Mm -hmm. you know, as this sort of pressure to go, well, I don't really feel like I'm supposed to be doing that, but I guess I better because they're counting on me. Mm -hmm. And, and so you can feel that pressure but I think if there's anything, one of the things I love so much that like talk about this book has literally been 15 years in the making and I probably started thinking about writing it. I'm not joking 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but I think part of it was that, that I was supposed to keep living this mm-hmm. <laughs> for so long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think there's beauty in that because I've been able to go like, okay, I've seen this over and over that if I stick with the original thing Mm -hmm. that God asked me to do, if he told me to say no to it, Mm -hmm. when I stick with that, he sticks up for me. Mm -hmm. He truly does. Again, it goes back to sort of those spiritual principles that his way works. And it's like, when I obey him and I stick with that, even when people who I think are supposed to stick up for me aren't, Mm -hmm. and they're even pressuring me and going like, why are you doing this? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to do this, this, and this. But he has stuck up for us. And honestly, like, if there's anything that I needed to grow gracefully and compassionately in, it was just, you know, I needed to learn to not be rude and cocky about it. You know, I think you can do this in a way that is gracious with people, but just but just saying, like, I need to stick with my no here. Mm. And really, like, I've found that God is the one that has continued to cheer us on and honestly, like, 
it's sometimes that he cheers us on in those quiet places, you know, that literally only you and him know about Mm -hmm. where you're like, I've never even told anyone else that, but it's like, you feel him affirming Mm -hmm. and going like, not only do I see you and I'm going to stick up for you, but I'm going to give this back. And like, Mm -hmm. in particular, in the beginning, you know, we said, we started saying no in order to protect our family. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, it's just like, I'll have these moments where I look at our kids, you know, they're 20, 18 and 13 now. And I think about those decisions that we made all those years ago mm-hmm. in protection of them. And I think like, who would they even be if we hadn't, like, I would have completely missed their lives, number one, had I continued in the pace that I was in. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm so glad. God got a hold of me to go like, don't miss it, Christy, like, don't miss their lives. Mm-hmm. But had we not stuck up for our family and like stuck with that, like, I'm supposed to say no to that. You know, I just, I wonder sometimes like, who would they even be? And like, to see who they are now, what God's built in, even into their character because of the things we stuck with, even when it was hard, even when mm-hmm. people were giving us pushback. Mm-hmm. And just another thing when it comes to yeses and nos, I think this is another thing that my brother, he just helped me so much in seeing. And, it, and I think about it all the time still, but you know, there's that verse, it's Isaiah 30, 21. I had to look it up not long ago because I was like, I quote this all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's basically like you look to the left and the right and there's a voice behind you that says, this is the way walk in it. Mm-hmm. And so as, again, as the beloved of God, that means that you belong to him. We have his voice and there's other scriptures, I believe in John that says, you know, we will know the shepherd's voice and, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in us and he's with us. And so we have this voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Mm -hmm. And so often when we have the decision to make, and, and you might relate to this, but like, have you ever gotten an opportunity And it's a good opportunity on paper where you're like, gosh, that would actually probably open this door and then this door. But you feel tired before you even say yes. Mm -hmm. Like you feel exhaustion, like even before. And there's something about it that doesn't feel Mm life-giving. And it's like, you know, you need to say no. But I know I've done it. I've said yes anyway. And it ends up draining me, like Mm -hmm. draining the very life out of me. And then there also might be those opportunities where it may not actually look awesome on paper, mm-hmm. but something in you is like, this is life-giving before I even say yes. Like I'm mm-hmm. supposed to do this. It may not be a career building thing, but there is something in me that I'm supposed to say yes to this. Mm-hmm. And when I've paid attention to that, like recently even, I've paid attention to it. And it's so true. Like we have a counselor, mm-hmm. like he is with us to help us through those yeses and nos. And if we really listen to him, Mm -hmm. not that we're listening to our feelings, we're listening to that voice behind us saying like, God, what is the way Mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to walk in? Mm -hmm. And that's something that has helped us too through the years Mm -hmm. of just deciphering like, do we stick with this? Yes. Do we stick with this? No. And it's been sweet to like have so many seasons behind us now in walking in this, you know, Mm -hmm. together, Nathan and I, to see that pattern of him showing up even when we felt that pushback. That's good. It is so hard to, whenever there's pushback or just even, I mean, I would define pushback like what you were saying earlier, when someone's not totally in support, even if they're not pushing back, they're just Mm -hmm. not standing up for you in the way that you anticipated. And you're right. I mean, that's so much easier said than done, but it's true. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, thank you for speaking the truth. That is true. Like so hard for so many of us. And You've had to really Mm. learn it and walk it and live it. And so we trust your uh, judgment on that and your insight on that. (laughs) So good. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next and I stayed on budget. 
Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Okay, I have a couple other questions that I want to dig through. One being, what do you think is the biggest thing that keeps us from slowing down and really keeps us in the grind and the hustle? You know, one of the things I talk about in the book is I kind of define, you know, that word hustle. That's been, you know, kind of a a word that we've heard a lot recently. Even there's been some books, you know, released about, mm-hmm. you know, the hustle. And I think that what the Lord has shown me over the last several years is just that there is a difference between hustling Mm -hmm. and hard work. Mm -hmm. I think that hustling comes from a mindset that I kind of talked about it before, that it's all up to us, which is ultimately a huge lie Mm -hmm. from the enemy of our soul. Mm -hmm. And this lie gets us looking out for number one for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Like you even said, well, ago, I've been through that too. Just like Mm -hmm. we almost like don't even see other people because you're so just okay, all these people are counting on me. I got to get content out. I got to get this out. I got to do this thing. And I think we can get into what I call like a commodity mentality where we literally view ourselves and even others, sadly, for what we can do or produce in this life. And and ultimately, hustling ends up actually holding us back. And that's one of the things that, you know, we think that hustling is going to do this, this, and this. It's going to check these boxes. It's going to advance us in our career. It's going to, you know, and it may Mm -hmm. actually hustling pays off and that's, what's hard, Mm -hmm. but hustling is like the way of the world, right? It's like the world's economy. Mm -hmm. It's the world's way of sort of getting our needs met and like getting things done. But I love it because, you know, if the enemy is all about sort of You know, and to answer your question, I think actually it is the hustling that keeps us from slowing down. It's Mm -hmm. like we get in that pace. It's literally a cycle. Mm -hmm. And I I talk about it in the book as kind of running this in a circle, like Mm -hmm. a merry-go-round that doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's hard to exit because Mm -hmm. when we exit, we feel like, 
oh gosh, well, everyone else is out there killing it. And here I am, you know, I'm, I fell out on the ground because it's hard to jump off a Mm -hmm. (laughs) merry-go-round. But I love that, like, if there's a hustle that holds us back, then what God's shown me is that there's a rest that propels us. And it's when we get in sort of that, you know, I was talking about the mystery before. And again, I know that's hard for us to like, you know, make practical steps inside of mystery, but there is a rest inside of that that propels us. And we can actually work hard from rest and we can get things done from a place and a posture really of rest when we're able to live out from God. So I I talk about a lot in the book of just like, what does it mean? You know, first John four actually says over and over, like we are from God. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk a lot about identity as the beloved and what does that look like? And our identity comes from birth. And when we become a believer, that's being born again, right? Into faith in Jesus Christ. And so we talk about what is our new identity um, from being born again is that we are out from God. And so living out from Him can look like literally like in the grocery line today, like (laughs) wherever we go and whoever we meet, it's like living out from that place. And I think too, we can look at what we're, even as I talked about capacity beforehand, we we can tend to get caught up in that pace of like the hustling says, what am I supposed to kind of crank out and produce today? Whereas work hard from rest can look like mm-hmm. us producing fruit, which is what we're called to and bearing fruit, you know, as the people of God. Um, and some of the sweetest fruit of our lives can actually come from like a small season or even a season of sorrow, like we talked about before, mm-hmm. unexpected changes, things not going our way. What I love is just that that learning to live from rest and even work hard from rest changes sort of that pace and sort of that cycle mm. and causes us to be able to slow down and reorder and live from that place of mystery like I was talking about before. So that was a long answer to say <laughs> that, that the hustling is actually what I think creates that cycle mm-hmm. and keeps us from literally slowing down. So it's literally if we can make that exit Mm. and reorder. Um, I talk about kind of, it's a picture of sort of living from the bullseye Mm. and how we go out into the concentric circles of our lives. And it Mm. changes the way that we live when we live from God, from that, from that bullseye. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought you had shared something about living from the inside out rather than the outside. And is that kind of what that visual represents? It is. It was kind of again. You shared this with me in Nashville and I saw you like two years ago. You have to share. Really? Yes. Okay, wait. I just, when you said the bulls, I was like, where have I heard that before? I was like, oh, from Christy, Uh, obviously. Can you share that with us? Because that so impacted me. And when you said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember just for like months after that, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a part of that. I keep saying it was my farm table epiphany, Psalm 37. It was a part of that conversation that I had with God that day, which was life changing for me. Ultimately, that question of like, do you trust me? He was like, what if you just hit the bullseye? And then I took care of all the the outer rings of your life, basically. And I tell you in the book that I was sort of given this vision sort of by my friend, Lauren Chandler, like, a few months before I had this experience with the Lord. And I know that sounds kind of like, you know, mystical a little bit, but like she came up to me after I led worship one night and she said, I don't know the whole time you were leading worship tonight. I kept seeing a target sign, like a bullseye and concentric circles. Mm -hmm. And I love it that God would bring it back to my mind as I was reading Psalm 37 that day. And it was almost like I could put a, like the target sign over what I was reading and Mm -hmm. him you know, just saying like, what if you, what if you trust me? What if I hold up all these things that you're so busy trying to hold up, like your career and and things unfolding like you want them to? And what if I held all that up? And what if like I became what you delighted in? Like, what if, what if the bullseye look like you and me, like him saying me and you, you know, you becoming my beloved, like you understanding 
what that looks like for you and how that changes how you live. And what if your family, what if your kids were um, that next outer ring, your husband, your kids, like, you, you know, they're, you kind of have your first things first. It's like, and I, I, I do think that they're inside that bullseye too, but that next outer ring, the Lord showed me is community. Mm. So it's, it's people before productivity. It's, mm. it's community before capacity. So that it was like calling of, of the beloved is the inside that bullseye. Mm. The community of the beloved is that next outer ring. Those are the people that God has brought into the general vicinity of you and me that he's either called us to love or he's called us to help raise up. And then I love to think that outermost ring he showed me, and this has developed over years, but like is the capacity of the blood. Mm-hmm. So I love to think that we take the community that he's brought around us mm-hmm. into our capacity with us. So I love to think that to this day, my kids are in, they're invited into my capacity. Mm-hmm. We bring them into it all the time. We, we invite them into literally like come sing on stage with us. Our son Noah's in our band. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've helped hopefully at the end of the day, raise them up mm-hmm. and bring them with us into what God's called us to do. So it's like, it's neat to think who are those people that God has called each of us to love and raise up, you know, even bringing them into ultimately like the things he's called us to that he's prepared in advance. You know, it's so neat to think about. So that's what like living inside out versus outside in. When you live outside in, you're coming from your capacity and trying to push in the calling. And what ends up happening is that we approach God and others from a place of that commodity mentality I talked about, mm-hmm. sort of our doing rather than our being. Mm-hmm. And so you you approach God and others from barrenness rather than from your belovedness. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be living inside out, where we're living from our belovedness out into who and what God mm-hmm. has called us to. So that's kind of the yeah. picture. My mind is blown. I, I remember when you first shared that with me, I was like, that is life-changing, but it didn't I don't know if it, it resonated, but I didn't really know how it applied in my own life until mm-hmm. walking through some life, you know? And yeah. um, anyways, it just hits me on an even deeper level now. And I loved it so much mm-hmm. when you first shared it. So I'm thankful that you shared that with us. That was yeah. such a powerful way to wrap up this conversation. I was like, mm-hmm. remember your bullseye, you know, it's like your primary <laughs> aim. I absolutely yes, love that. Yes. I love it so much. Okay. So last but not least, I would love, you know, I would love if we could talk for two more hours because I'm so encouraged. I literally texted my assistant mm-hmm. like, this conversation is fire. Um, it's so good. Aww. And I'm just so thankful. But where can everyone find you and this book that you have coming out and just be encouraged and, and learn more from you if they find themselves in a busy season, an overworked season, or just a time in their life where priorities are beginning to be realigned and they need the encouragement and the courage really to lean into that work that's being done and that really necessary refinement and realignment as they slow down and really begin to live out the priorities that really are beginning to show as the most important and what matters most? Well, the book comes out February 16th and it'll be available obviously everywhere that you buy books and christineockles.com. You can find more about me on there. I'm on Instagram at christineockles. I also have a podcast called The Glorious in the Mundane. And actually, if you were to start from the beginning, I kind of share the whole Sort of that was my book for a while was just chatting with women about what it looks like to live in that mystery, you know, a manageable order inside of mystery. And that sort of actually the the title of my podcast came from that season of my life when I when the Lord called me off of the road for about three years, off of, you know, just just to focus on my family and my kids. I was kind of desperate, and I met this lady uh, who was a songwriter. Her name's Terry, and I learned that she had nine kids, oh. and she was a songwriter. And she's kind of in the country music world, and she had asked me to sing on this demo. And mm-hmm. and then later, I was like, "Can can we go to coffee? Because I mean, anyone who has nine kids and has a career, you're like, um, can I come study <laughs> under you?" I and mean, she was like homeschooling them all, and I was like, "Man, she's killing it." And I'll never forget sitting in the coffee shop and I was like, how do you do it? And I was literally like, tears were coming down my face because I was just like, I wanted to learn. It's like, how can I manage this? Like, I want to know. And she was like, you have to invite the glorious into the mundane. And in the moment, it wasn't what 
I wanted to hear because I wanted like the checklist, but Mm -hmm. you know, later kind of like you said, it was like, I had to live some life Mm -hmm. and then that began to make sense for me of like how to mother, how to have a career, Mm -hmm. even inside of motherhood, how to balance it. Mm -hmm. She talked about being on her laundry room floor and writing songs while folding laundry and Mm -hmm. praying for her kids while folding different pieces of clothing, like the socks, where their feet would take them, Mm -hmm. praying for their, you know, their, their shirts and kind of like their protection, the armor of God over them. And like, Mm -hmm. I was just sitting there going, wow. And so I ended up naming the, the podcast that because it was just a way of, of me sharing with others sort of how I've lived in this bullseye place for the last several years. And it's a process. It's a refining work, as you know, that will not be fully complete, you know, this side mm-hmm. of heaven. But mm-hmm. it's wonderful to get to share from it and to encourage women in it. And because I've just lived Life is a series of seasons and every season prepares us for the next. And so it's neat to just be a little bit down the road, you know, mm-hmm. um, in this journey of rest, because I'm just older probably than a lot of even your listeners. And, and I love that. I love to be able to say like, it's okay. You're going to make it like <laughs> move forward and God has something for you in every season. And mm-hmm. so it's just encouraging to be able to, to share from it. Yeah. Well, we are thankful for your voice of wisdom and the experiences that you've had and everything that you've shared. Also, I apologize Somebody opened a garage door beneath me because that's my life right now. I was like, did they all hear that? Do they think my stomach's growling? I don't know what's going on. Um, But anyways, no, seriously, though, it's true. And and it really is so encouraging to get to hear from your your experience, your journey, the epiphanies God's given you at your farm table, what this discipline of slowing down, doing less, knowing when it's time to steward in a different way. And sometimes that means doing less with work and whatnot. Really, the practicals of that, too, and the willingness to lean into that is a great example Mm -hmm. for so many of us who are in building seasons. Um, Most of our listeners Mm -hmm. are in seasons of building and cultivating and trying to establish their lives and build their careers and build their families and keep their homes Mm -hmm. up. And it can feel like a lot. And that's really what the show is meant to support women in. And I feel like you just provided Mm -hmm. so much encouragement and wisdom and, and even some really practical things to consider. So for all of that, we're just so thankful. Also, for everyone mm. who's listening, I just want to make sure that I highlight this because I'm not sure I actually said it anywhere. Christy's book is called The Life You Long For, Learning to Live from a Heart of Rest. So make sure you guys go check that out. Christy, thank you for being on. It's been an honor to have this conversation and share this with you. Thank you so much. I've loved it. I've loved getting to catch up with you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.